Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about shipping your art. And uh, we're going to cover all the ship. Yeah, yes, we're going to cover all the ship. It's going to be, this is going to be a very straightforward podcast. And luckily we have our amazing rogue family here with us who are going to give us their insights and questions and stuff like that. What I'm hoping to do with this podcast is to really cover anything and everything that has to do with shipping uh, your art, because that's that's one of those things that I know that when, you know, when you're doing shows and festivals, it's pretty easy. Like your biggest concern is like, how do I transport my stuff? Which, by the way, is a question that we get. So just to answer how I transported my stuff, I used big plastic bins. Right, that's how I transported my stuff. However, a big plastic bin is not going to work for you if you have your online store and then you've got an order for artwork. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest challenges with artwork is that we tend to, you know, artwork tends to be different sizes and you need certain boxes and, and things like that for it and figuring out the calculations for shipping and all that stuff. All of that could seem like an absolute nightmare. And we have, over the years, dealt with that nightmare. Um, under, and we understand how stressful it could be. I can tell you right now, in the beginning, there were several times when we started our like online stuff where I just wanted to quit because I didn't want to deal with shipping. Like, that's the reality. Yeah, I mean, it. it seems funny, but it's really, like, it's really a stressor point for a lot of artists. <laughs> Timothy said, you must be bullshipping me. <laughs> Clover said, pirate ship has helped me so much since you recommended it to me. Since I moved to the sticks, the USPS site won't let me request pickup, but pirate ship does, and it saves me so much money. Yeah, so we're going to talk about pirate ship. Yeah, and there's already a video that we posted on our YouTube channel for anybody that's listening to this, where we specifically talk about don't pay retail for shipping, and pirate ship is... The thing that we've been using for years, the moment that we left Etsy, we started using Pirate Ship, and we recommend them to everyone. It's a free service for you to print out your shipping labels. Purchase and print your labels. Yeah. and We're not sponsored by them, but gosh, we think they're awesome, yep, which exactly. is why we recommend them. And we're going to make the differentiation between Pirate Ship, which is what we call your back end where you're purchasing labels and printing them out versus the front end, which is the customer end. The customer's experience in paying for shipping. They are two different things, and we will discuss how they work in tandem or how they can work in tandem. So the first thing that I want to talk about here is the reason that we left Etsy, and it was the whole free shipping thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You guys have heard me in the past say, like, free shipping is you know, like it's just not something that I recommend for you as an artist. However, I do want to talk about the ability to, because, okay, so just to give some context here, we left Etsy because Etsy wanted people to start rolling in their shipping into their, um, their cost, right? So basically you charge so much for the item and shipping is rolled into the price, The problem with being an artist is that if you have a 16 by 24, it's going to ship in a different box, different size, different cost 
than a 24 by 36 or something like that. And depending on what region it's going to, uh, that's going to make a huge difference too, which is completely unpredictable when you're putting artwork out there. Exactly. So you always, you're either going to end up charging the customer a lot more than they need to pay, or you're going to undervalue the shipping and you're going to end up eating the difference in cost. And it's just, it's one of those things that everybody uses as a marketing gimmick because, you know, Amazon does it and this, you know, and these people do it. And, you know, the, the reason that people are buying stuff is for the shipping. I could tell you right now that we have had our website running. We charge calculated shipping and I have never had anybody scoff at needing to pay. I don't scoff at needing to pay for shipping because I understand that, like, the item needs to get to me. And I'm going to pay shipping. In fact, for my shipping boxes, Uline charges a lot of, a lot on shipping. They're not cheap. And that's because you get the package the next day. Free shipping is great if you're a Goliath of the industry with a shipping distribution center on every city block. (laughs) Or if you have small items that you know exactly what the shipping is going to be, you know, local. But even then, if you sell something overseas, you can't, you can't put that, you can't predict that into the shipping. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to cover that real quick. Um, Tyler said, Clee's rant about Etsy shipping was legendary. Thank you, Tyler. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And just a real quick recap on that. It was really Etsy's comply or die attitude, which pushed us over the edge when it came to this. They made it less than optional for their sellers, which ended up being a blessing because it forced us to go go it on our own and figure all these things out. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not to I I don't want to bash Etsy, although I will say Etsy is a very different company than it was when we were first on there. Most definitely. Um but it's a good stepping stone, but I always think that you should, you know, you should definitely be thinking about having your own piece of real estate on the internet that you could direct people to versus directing them to Etsy where you kind of become this anonymous artist in the background. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So that's, that's our opinion on free shipping. Now, when it comes to shipping, it shipping in a, in of itself over the years, we have developed some best practices when it comes to shipping. And obviously we're, you know, any questions that you have about shipping uh, this goes, you know, to our rogue artist family Um, just go ahead and post them and then we'll talk about things as they come. We'll allow this conversation to be very organic because that's the best way to get the most information out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, Virginia said, I do a lot of pastels on velour paper. It's difficult to handle them, let alone ship them. I've quit pastels various times and picked it back up because I don't want to deal with it. Right, so the first hurdle is getting the art into something that it can ship in, in a way that you feel safe. Yeah. You feel like the art's going to be safe. You feel like it's going to make it there. Um, we all know, like, some some packages get dropped off and they look like someone played football, like, with the box. Like, yeah. what kind of machinery <laughs> drop-kicked this into a concrete wall? So, um and that's the unfortunate thing that sometimes you have no control. You could like, I am very, very good at packaging my art safely for traveling. 
but nothing nothing that I do is going to protect my artwork from a forklift putting a you know a spike through the box like nothing I could do is going to protect the art so that's one of the reasons that everything I ship is insured yeah, don't skip the insurance on your artwork. It really, could, really just don't. It could be easy to want to skip the insurance because, you know, it's this extra money that goes on there. And a lot of us are going to feel really weird, like especially when you start selling art online and somebody buys the art. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, shit, I got to charge them for shipping and insurance as well. And the truth of the matter is you want to pay for the insurance because if anything does go wrong, at least you have something to cover your ass. And we're going to talk about how pirate ship makes that less painful. Exactly. Also. Yeah. Um, so, you know, each individual type of art is going to come with its own challenges. I have an, a pretty easy situation all of my jewelry pieces fit into one of three box sizes, which are like small, smaller, and smallest, right? <laughs> and they all fit in pretty much the same size envelope, and then they go, and they always make it. But Rafi has wildly different art sizes. Some things are more fragile than others. I know some of the members of the Rogue Fam are shipping glass and pottery and pastels and just various different things. So let's start with paper. What's one of the what's one of the hacks for protecting works on paper? So for me personally, when it comes to protecting pastels, is a little bit different because you're dealing with a medium that doesn't that basically you could like shake it and it's going to loosen yeah. what i what i do recommend is finding some kind of finishing spray or something yeah, to like really a fixative. like a fixative to really adhere that under especially if you're going to be shipping this art um the other part of that is possibly thinking about framing it you know and um i know that that adds to the cost of the artwork but Get get adventurous with frames. You know, go to the go to the thrift store and see if you could find some frames. Unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of other artists have that same idea too. Yeah. But I find it interesting that when I go to the thrift store here, there's always a bunch of frames. Some of them are ugly, and I don't care. I will take the ugly frames and repaint them and do something fun with them to make it part of the artwork. That can help for shipping. Obviously, in that situation, you're still dealing with glass, and that's where bubble wrap comes in. And when you're dealing with glass, I'm not talking about the like the small bubble wrap. I'm talking about the big bubble, big bubble ass wrap. bubble wrap. Yeah, exactly. And lots and lots of rigid cardboard. So one of the things you'll see inside of every Rafi box, regardless, is rigid cardboard. And what he'll do is he'll actually suspend a piece in the center of the box with rigid cardboard so that it's never touching any part of the box. And then the big-ass bubble wrap goes in to buffer that. And then he actually uh, cuts additional corner pieces for his boxes. I do. I cut corner pieces out of cardboard, and then I tape them to each corner, right? The place where your box is going to get damaged is when somebody at USPS, UPS, wherever, is ignoring the, the dimensions of the box and they throw it on a conveyor belt because it's easier to just do that. And so what will happen is that that box will be like racing down a conveyor belt and one of the corners will smash into the edge of the conveyor belt. So that's the reason that I protect 
the corners. Also, that's where a lot of accidents happen, where somebody's pulling it out of the truck and then they drop it and it falls in a corner. So you want to make sure that your corners are protected on your paintings. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to the pastel art, again, it's one of those things where you want to use, you want to find out where you could get rigid paper uh, or a rigid, rigid board, rigid board, cardboard or whatever. And basically you're sandwiching that artwork in between that and then get some some envelopes, some rigid envelopes if you can. So I get all my supplies at Uline. Um, Uline is not the only place where you could get box supplies. Look online for I've, I've been using Uline for a long time. Um, I also have a commercial account with them. So I order my stuff and then I pay at the end of the month. So, you know, I already have a relationship with them, but I know that there are several other ones that might offer a better price on some of the boxes that are out there. Timothy is saying hairnet spray like Aquanet, cheap and effective. Oh, yeah. Tyler said Senelier Pastel Fixative or H2O Universal Spray is a must. It's pricey, but it works wonders. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Tyler. Yeah, thank you. I make that said would love to see Rafi pack up some work. Uh, Lee said, can confirm, Rafi packaging is on point. (laughs) Virginia said, yes, I agree. A video of Rafi packaging his shipment would be very nifty. Okay. Okay. I actually have filmed myself packaging the stuff, but I always get distracted because I'm in the middle of packaging. So it might actually, I, I might actually just set up a video where I'm not packaging something to go out but I'm just packaging something. A demo, if you will. Yeah, a demo. Maybe I'll do, because, you know, there's a different process that I use for my bigger paintings, and then there's a process that I use for smaller prints and stuff like that. So that 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 could be, and it could be fun too. We could do a fun video of that. Kelly's like, you can get free boxes from USPS. Yes, that is true, Kelly. If yep. you are going to be using priority mail or priority mail flat rate and you have smaller works, Definitely, they have some handy. We like to keep uh, their bubble mailers and certain size boxes in stock. We also like to have our own, though, because um, for a lot of my stuff, I'm not using priority mail service. I'm using ground service or yeah. whatever. And or also- even or even with the sizes, like you know, I have certain things that might fit in a large. I, I got really upset because USPS got rid of their their medium their game board box. game board boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had a whole series. That I had a was whole cut series that I dimensions. cut to the ex- yeah exact dimensions, and like all of a sudden it was gone. Um, so yeah, they have free boxes, and most definitely, if you could utilize those boxes for your art, most definitely do. Um, the The problem with a lot of the priority mail is that it's a flat rate the flat rate priority and sometimes it's actually cheaper to to not do flat rate yeah to not do flat rate jenny still do priority but just not flat rate jenny said pool noodles cut down the length work well too for paintings yes totally yes thank you jenny for sharing that yes absolutely pool noodles because they have a slit on the side and you're able to um slide the painting into it Uh uh-huh and have that as an edge protector also you guys we're thrifty and so while we don't necessarily reuse boxes especially like branded boxes unless we're cutting up the box to like piecemeal we'll cut up boxes to use as rigid stuff inside of a box but things like bubble wrap and packing paper and the peanut packing peanuts not so much the packing no, not peanuts. Pe- no 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 
Packing peanuts. Really not a fan of no, this. No, no. Reuse them if you can, but... You know how upset I get every time I have a box with packing peanuts in it? Because I'm like, this is going to get everywhere. And I can't imagine selling my art to somebody and being like, here you go. Here's a bunch of packing peanuts. I recently bought some piece of equipment that came in packing peanuts. <laughs> some expensive thing for music. Um, but, like, I... Whenever I order jewelry supply, they send, like, an excessive amount of bubble wrap, which I'm grateful for. But I save it because it's really good All bubble wrap. Any kind of packing materials that we get for anything that we order for the house goes in a big contractor bag. We just stuff it in there. And then whenever we need stuff, we go in there and grab those bags of air, the bags of air and, and bubble wrap and paper, packing paper and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We save all of it. Don't recycle, reuse. If you get a box that you're like, oh, this might work for my artwork then save it. That's what I do. Anything that I get that I'm like, this might work for a piece if it were this big, then I save that box. And sometimes it actually inspires work that's that, that size. Because I'm like, well, I have the box, so I might as well create something that's going to fit into this yeah. box. And like, I literally, I have <clears throat> like not had to purchase bubble wrap for years. No. <laughs> so reuse where you can. We actually gave away bubble wrap. Yes, Last year when we were moving, because we had giant rolls of it, and I was like, I don't want to, we're not packaging, we're not packing this in the U-Haul, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Cameron said, customer eats the cost 99% of the time. Businesses will not pay more than needed. The truck drivers, free shipping or not, get paid. They're not for They're free. They're not for free. Someone, Someone has to fork out the money. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, I make that. I don't know how you guys do everything you do and make time for your art. You're my heroes. Thanks. I make that. <laughs> Thank you. We, uh, we're still figuring that part out. Always that part and forever, out. probably. And you know, I think it's the other thing I want to talk about when it comes to shipping is actually giving yourself leeway on shipping, right? Because the idea is the order comes in and then you go crazy like, oh, I got to get this out because somebody bought this. And that's the reason that Clee and I both have on our website, like may take five to seven days to ship. Mine is seven to 14. Yeah, seven to 14 days. If it's a commission or something like that, obviously there's more time allotted for it. But even if it's an item that's already made, like, you know, I have typically we will ship things out on a Monday uh, or Tuesday, but that's it. Like pretty much during the rest of the week, I'm not, I don't really concern myself with sitting there. Cause like, it's going to take me a few minutes to package something. So, um, you know, I need to a lot for that time. Yeah. It's, it's helpful to build it into your workflow in a way that like works for you. Like you might say I ship on Fridays yeah. and then you set aside time. Or you might say, I ship on Mondays and Fridays, or I ship on whatever. I, I'm i not great with that. I try to get things out the door as quickly as possible, sometimes to my detriment, actually. So, like, I shipped something today, and I shipped something yesterday. <laughs> I, I try to, like... For me, it's easier because my things are little, so I yeah. can just put them in the outgoing box out And that's there. the thing. You could put them in a bubble mailer and then put them in the outgoing box. But really, when it comes down to it, it's like you really depend. If I was shipping like small stuff, like when I have my prints, I'll do that any day and just put it in the mailbox. 
But yeah, when it comes to like the artwork, because a lot of the artwork, like I'm not going to put in the mailbox. I'm going to take to mm-hmm. wherever it is that I need to take to after I've packaged it up and printed up my shipping label. Lisa said my glass shipments going courier within the province. I use file boxes when I can because people will naturally use the handles instead of trying to balance it going through doors. That's really That's good. That's pretty good. That's really good, Lisa. That's Tish really said, good. I've had to think outside the box. Egg cartons like that actually hold eggs and plastic shopping bags can really help when you're on a budget. Oh, Definitely. absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Jenny said when I worked for the Art Institute, I really became an expert at making packing corners from practically anything. Yeah. Yeah, I bet, Jenny. <laughs> Kelly said you could put peanuts in tr- uh, trash bags so that they they conform, but they are contained. That's a good. That's a good idea. That Kelly. is a good idea. Virginia said, "Yeah, same thing with the packing peanuts in a pinch. Have used them in Ziploc bags. Yeah, if they're contained, then they're totally fine. I like that. I that's like that. Great. That's good. Thank you. I didn't even think about that." That's thinking out divergent thinking Indeed. from the rogues. Yeah. Rachel said you can schedule a pickup from USPS for free too. Oh yes, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, and that's one of the one of the cool things you could do it through the USPS website. Um, now I don't remember if this is still true, but it used to be that you could schedule a pickup if one of your items is priority mail. That used to be the case. Now they will pick up literally whatever. I think. Okay. Yeah, and so. A lot of times we don't even schedule a pickup because they'll come by and they'll see it out in front. I would say if you have a large box going out, I would schedule a pickup. That way the the carrier knows that they need to bring their truck close to your house in order to get said thing. Um, And I think that that's just a courtesy, right? Yeah, and, and you could actually schedule the pickup on Pirate Ship. As well, like after after you do the stuff. So that's one of the reasons I love Pirate Ship, because you do everything from the Pirate Ship website. Like everything. Yes. Um, so if you guys have any other conundrums related to safely packaging your work, um, let us know. But ultimately, like, you have to kind of try stuff out and see how it goes. Um, make sure that you feel secure about how it's packaged, right? If you feel sketch about it then it's probably sketchy right (laughs) make sure you feel comfortable with it don't skimp on the insurance just in case uh there's been maybe one or two times that something has happened to rafi's artwork in transit like it got left on the airport tarmac while it downpoured oh that happened (laughs) when i was in florida yeah and it was two two boxes of priority mail and I'd shipped them out, sent the shipping information and all that stuff. And next thing I know, it like disappeared. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I called and nobody knew where it was. And then a few days later, they appeared back at the house. And the bottoms of the boxes, it was very clear that it was sitting in water and got messed up. Now, that's one of the reasons that I plastic wrap all my art. So the art was still protected, even though it was sitting in water because it was just sealed inside plastic but um yeah I had to redo those boxes they smelled like like wet dog too indeed and i was like what the heck so um <laughs> but yeah insurance you want to make sure that you get get insurance for whatever it is that you're shipping so that you're covered okay so let's talk about pirate ship i'm going to reiterate pirate ship is your back end so it's where you purchase shipping labels and print them out The customer never sees pirate ship on the front end. So 
Pirate Ship, when we say that it integrates with your website or your online shop, what we mean is when you get an order, if you have Pirate Ship integrated with your website, it's going to get that order information, order value, name and address of the customer, and any other relevant information from the site. You're going to go on there. You're going to be able to see uh, your available rates. They're going to ask you to fill out the dimensions of the package and the weight and how much you want to insure it for. Um, but everything else is pre-filled. You're going to be able to select insurance. And here's the cool thing, right? With Pirate Ship, because you're paying below retail for the shipping label, generally adding insurance is no big deal. Right. Because you're you're just making up the difference, usually. Um, and they use ShipSurance. So it's not actually USPS insurance, which they've probably improved over the years. Right. I had a pretty negative experience with an insurance claim about eight years ago with USPS insurance. Well, either way, ShipSurance has always been the better option for shipping insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So you can insure through ShipSurance. um, And if you're shipping internationally, they have a a search engine that helps you find your tax code, your tariff codes for your items. It's super duper useful. So that's your back end. It's integrated. It integrates with most websites these days. WooCommerce, uh, Wix, all the platforms. Big Cartel. Like basically mm-hmm. a, every Etsy, every platform it integrates with. Lisa said, make friends with a furniture store for large-scale discarded packaging stuff. Absolutely. Definitely. Make, make friends with any of the local businesses that have, like, not wet goods. Uh, I recommend not wet goods. Not wet goods. Yeah, you don't want wet goods. But, like, anybody that you're like, you know what, I could store these, I could stack these. Or, like, if you get any boxes that are this dimension, would you put them aside for me? And um, that's a good place to get them. Like I said, I get my stuff on Uline because here's the way that I work out my shipping. So I know that I'm going to work in sizes 24 by 36, 24 by 30, 30 by 30, um, 16 by 20, uh, 12 by 12, 10 by 10, and now I've got these little pieces, right? I don't worry so much about like 12 by 12 and 10 by 10 because those will fit in just about any box. But the larger sizes, I make sure that if I'm going to buy pre-stretched canvas, that I'm buying something that already has a box that it's going to fit in. Standardized sizes. That is standardized. Um, and then for anything else, because I also like stretch my own canvas and they're larger, a lot of the larger ones that are really big on the website, um, I will do them stretched, but the person knows that they're going to have to pay a lot of shipping. The automatic shipping for the larger ones is me taking them off the canvas and rolling them. Then the customer would need to have it restretched upon arrival, but oftentimes that ends up being more cost effective than shipping the stretched painting. Exactly. Uh, Kelly says, I've taken apart branded boxes and flipped them inside out and taped them back together. Yep. In a pinch, too, if you're not ready to commit to, like, a U-line order of boxes. Yeah. Right? Um, Home Depot TV boxes 
come in a few different sizes and they work pretty well. They're not super cost effective. You're going to pay more for that box than you would for a box from Uline. But the thing with Uline is that you need to order several, right? So if you don't have the storage space or you're just not in that place yet, um, it's definitely a good idea to standardize your sizes because the other thing that we get asked all the time, and this is regarding the front end of the shipping stuff that, that the customer sees when they're on your website, is do I really need to enter the dimensions and the weight for every single piece of art I'm listing on my website? And the answer is yes, you do, because how the heck else is your website going to calculate shipping for the customer based on where they're at? Um, but it's easier if you have some standardized sizes so you can look at a painting, you know what the dimensions are, and you have a pretty good idea of what it's going to weigh exactly. in the box. So exactly. it, if you get in the habit of having those standardized sizes, you're going to make your life a lot easier. Also, invest in a postage scale. They sell them on Amazon. They're about $30. We have two of them. They're Smartway brand. They're highly accurate, highly sensitive. We've weighed everything from a um, two ounce jewelry thing to like a 16 pound or 30 pound piece of art. So they do a great job. That way you know exactly what your thing weighs and you can enter that information. It's a really good investment. It's only 30 bucks. I really recommend that you get, you get a scale, a scale that you could count on. Mm -hmm. Now here's the bit that everyone hates. There's two ways you can go about this. Okay. As far as what shipping cost your customer is going to see based on where they are and where you are, the regional shipping rates or the overseas shipping rates. There's a couple ways you can do it, right? You can try to flat rate it, um, which means you're either going to be losing money or making a little money depending on what the actual shipping ends up being. Or you can go through the arduous task of figuring out all the shipping rates by region, <laughs> which is what Rafi and I tried to do in the beginning. And it is quite a lot to do. And also those rates change every year pretty much. So that is quite a pain in the ass. But if you don't want to fork out money uh, and you'd rather fork out time, then filling all that information in on the back end plus your weights and dimensions so that your site can calculate your shipping cost for the customer you can do it, or you can do what we did and pay an annual fee for the USPS uh, real-time shipping uh, calculator plugin. Right now we have WordPress, right? So it is a uh, it is a WooCommerce extension plugin that will go with WooCommerce where now you'll have real-time shipping calculator. And all you have to do is go into your listings and make sure that the weight and the dimensions is filled out so that the shipping calculator calculator knows what it needs to, you know, what it needs to do. And that's one of the options that there are because right now on our website we have uh, USPS, UPS, and FedEx, but each one of those plugins is going to cost... Each one is $80 annually. About $80 to $90, yeah. The most important one is USPS. Most of the time... For for the U.S. For the, for US, the U.S., for domestic U.S. There's also, if you're not in the U.S., like Royal Mail and like all that, like USPS or WooCommerce has all the calculating 
plugin. So you just have to go to the WooCommerce website and take a look and see what the plugin is and how much it would cost you annually. If you only want to pay for one, especially for the United States, uh, USPS is going to end up being your most cost-effective option most of the time, with the exception of large works of art. Once you get over a certain size, UPS is going to be cheaper. Once you get over, I believe it's 18 inches, then it, it starts charging so much per inch and it gets a little bit more expensive. Now, that's the other beauty of Pirate Ship is that they calculate when you're looking at the back end to buy your shipping label, they calculate both USPS and UPS. So you could kind of see there like, all right, who do I want to go with for shipping? Or a lot of times like on our site, because the customer chooses which way to ship it, then they paid for the shipping, then that's, you know... That's how you send it. That's how we send it. So just to really make this clear, right, uh, with our... (laughs) I make that says, customers should just fly to me, pick up the art, and carry it home like a baby. (laughs) People do that, man. You know, ladies uh, do that with wedding dresses. I came to... I was reading a blog recently where, like, she went to New York, picked up her wedding dress, and, like, bought a seat for it. On the plane. Because, <laughs> like, it couldn't be folded or whatever. I don't know. I mean, artwork can't be folded. I don't That's know. That's a thing. There's a lot of pieces I have that one seat isn't going to cut it, though. For some pieces, I suppose you could buy an airplane seat for it. Um, <laughs> but I just really want to make this clear. So we're using uh, WordPress, WooCommerce. We have the Burly e-commerce package that comes with these real-time carrier rate plugins. Honestly, it's really worth it just for that. It's got a bunch of extra security and efficiency features. But if you don't have that, then where do you get these plugins directly from the carrier itself? No. Like how do you purchase the USPS plugin? Through WooCommerce. What if you don't have WooCommerce? Then you got to figure out what you know how to get it for your particular particular site i don't know how it works with wix or anything like that um so i suppose you would search usps real-time carrier plugin for wix for shopify or whatever you're running um chances are if it's one of the main ones like wix or shopify or squarespace i think they do they do have calculated shipping but you have to have one of the higher plans um, gotcha. On Shopify and, and Wix. Essentially, it is, it's an option that, yes, it comes with cost, but oh my gosh, it will save you all the headaches. Literally, then you're just putting in your item dimensions and weight, and it is doing the rest of the work for you. The customer sees their different shipping options on the front end of your website. It's accurate down to the penny, like most of the time. Yeah. And then when you go on pirate ship on your back end and you're not paying retail rates, you're saving anywhere from five to $45, depending on the size of the package and where it's going. International shipments, we've saved like $45, I think was the most. We've on... saved, we've saved quite a bit on international shipments because you could also get on the global um, thing. Pirate ship has global export which is essentially freight, which I find the hilarious thing is that it's often faster than first-class international. 
Um, and basically, it goes to one of Pirate Ship's distribution centers with a domestic label, and then they switch the label over to wherever it's going, and it goes freight. Uh, it's hugely reliable, and it is extremely less money. <laughs> yes. A lot um, less money. And let me let me be clear, because last time I think I talked about like the books. Oh, no, on the adventure video... When I had shipped the books, I was like, yeah, the books international is costing this, you know, this much. And luckily we did global export. And so I was saving like $20 per book. It was, it was a huge amount. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody was like, oh, you should have shipped them media mail. And I was like, yes, I did ship everything that is here in the U.S. media mail. Media mail does not exist for international, international yeah. shipping. So a lot of times, you know, and that th- these are things that you want to know if you're doing any kind of calculations yourself yourself for shipping and you you do want to know these things, but yeah, I highly recommend if there if even if it costs a little bit more, if there's a way to automate and calculate your shipping, just do that. Shipping is you don't you want shipping to be a thing that is not stressful to you. And that's one of the main things that, you know, we've discovered over the years. That's why I keep shipping boxes and we have shipping materials and we have an area where we could weigh our stuff mm-hmm. and we have packing tape. We buy packing tape by the dozen and, and stuff like that because I don't want it to be a pain in the butt. Now, that being said, when I first started shipping things, I started where I was, which meant that, all right, I'm going to find some cardboard and I'm going to cut some boxes and I'm going to make it into, you know, whatever it is that I need. And that's that's great when you're getting started and really getting your footing under you. But at some point, you're going to want to figure out ways to be able to simplify that process, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to spend more than half an hour packaging a box. Like, right, because you're not getting paid for that. Yeah, even what? even half an hour is like a little more. So like I try to make it as efficient as possible, um, which is why too, like I'll wait, you know, to ship something if I know that I'm going to get another order so I could spend one day packaging you know, or multiple a, things, multiple things. Yeah. When, like when it's time for bulk things to go out, right. Calendars, books, uh, special editions of things, or we just did our virtual show and things are going, we will do packing day yeah. where we both just and that's double not, down on that's it. That's not like half an hour. That's like packing day. So yeah, when we sold the books, there were like 200 and something books that needed to go out. And we basically spent two days packaging books. Yeah. That's where I look into, is there a packaging service? (laughs) And how much does it cost? That's why handling charges used to be a thing. Yeah. Handling charges don't really exist anymore, but you can... Unless you're buying from like, you know, TV night... Right, or like one of those magazines. Where they always... Shipping and handling applies. Yeah. Yeah. Um... One thing you can do, though, is average out your packing materials. Uh, you know, like, average cost for my packing materials is maybe a dollar. Like, when I t- we'll just take an average of, like, tissue paper and a little bit of tape and a little bit of brown paper to protect it and a little bubble mail or maybe $2. Um, and stuff like that gets rolled into overhead costs, right? So 
it's not tacked on at the end, but it's kind of like in there. It's in the shuffle of my overhead cost when I'm pricing stuff out. No, we don't. We we typically aren't charging handling, although I've met people here and there that do. Yeah. That do charge handling. I mean, if you want to charge handling, you can. The beauty is, though, when you're doing the ship, when you're doing the commercial pricing versus the retail pricing, you're already sometimes saving like up to $10 on one package. Mm-hmm. You know, even more than that. So... A lot of times to me, like that's where it balances that's out. where it balances out. For me, because I ship small things, I would say that on average I save a dollar to two dollars on my label costs. And so then um, I'm usually paying around a dollar between a dollar and two dollars in insurance. So that balances out, but then my packaging costs are super low because right. they're you know I feel like this is like... Sell small things. Sell small things. Consider selling small things. Like little tiny paintings. I I would love to create paintings that were little, right, for the shipping purposes. And then you just add water and then it like grows to the large painting. I've also thought of getting like a Harry Potter box where it's like a little box and then you open it and then you pull out this big giant painting. And it's bigger on the inside. It would be amazing. Um... It you know that would be amazing or a TARDIS a TARDIS somehow just if let's I had, just ship if it I in had a, TARDIS. a TARDIS I would just take it myself like definitely <laughs> I would just go everywhere and God, ship a it. TARDIS would just make everything so much better oh then we could do interstellar shipping oh man that would be amazing um so just real quick back to consider making small things uh, I said that in a joking manner but also if you if you can come up with something that could be a bread and butter item item for you, right? It's fairly easy for you to create. It's one or two standardized sizes that are small-ish, uh, and you enjoy the process of making it, and you think people would like it a whole lot. Consider that uh, as part of your things that you do. Oh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Because you can really promote that and do a lot of that and, and, and do a lot more of that than big, difficult-to-ship things. And that might be a really solid, steady stream of revenue. That's something that I recommend to you guys no matter what. You know, like, and this is something that I actually started to realize more recently. Whenever I do a show, and if you've read my books or even watched any of the stuff, you know that, like, I'll have, like, $10 items and, like, you know, small pieces, like, different things like that that go, that are different prices. And usually... You know, if I'm going to sell something for 10 or $20, it's like a little little guy. And what I discovered was that I was so wrapped up in just posting my larger pieces to my website and not bothering with the smaller pieces. They fell through the cracks, if you yeah, will. Yeah, and here's the hilarious thing, right? Because, like, my brain was saying, that's more work. Um, doing a show is a lot of effing work, you know, like packaging everything and putting everything in crates and then taking them to the location and then setting up a booth and then basically stacking each and every single one of these things. So when you're, when you're thinking about that, right, cause like you make a sale on your website, um, which now I, I have some of the smaller pieces. So now it's like, sometimes it's $20 a pop. It's this much. And then those pieces I already pre-ordered um, or I already have bubble mailers that those pieces go right into. And they're self-sealing bubble mailers that I was able to order 60 of them 
And it made sense to me because it was like, all right, this is an investment of this. And if I sell stuff, this is really easy for me to just go stick it in the bubble mailer, seal it up, and then I'm done. And yeah, so I absolutely agree. Like you should think of small, easy things, you know, to get your website going. Because it's the same thing as, you know, having a, a booth at a show. If somebody walks in and they really love your art or they go to your website and they really love your art and everything is like $50 and over um, or $200 and over or $1,000, then like, you know, you're not going to have as much traction no matter how many people you send to your website. Definitely. I love a lot of things that are $1,000 and over, but I can't have them all. Yes. (laughs) Clover said you have to manually add the code in. Oh, to get the plug-in for the webs for for your particular site, okay. I think was where that came in. Okay, thank you, Clover. Yeah, there's ways to do it, you guys, because I know that people on on different sites have done it. Uh, again, we use WordPress. It's what we became familiar with. It's what I've worked with over the last few years. I'm not an expert in any way in website building. I just am really good at building our website. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anything about website building or coding or any of that shit. And I would say those are the two big ones, right? Packaging stuff safely and figuring out what shipping is going to cost so that your customer can see the the actual shipping rates. Yeah. If you're not the ready. Retail. The so the customer sees rates. the retail shipping rates. You will be paying commercial rates. They will be paying retail rates which means that that's where you're able to save that money. Um, so you can pay for insurance. So you can and pay you for can insurance and all your... that stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, and th- that's the big one, right? Uh, we we tried back in the day. We did, like, flat rate, cross your fingers and hope. <laughs> um, we did regional. We filled out all the different zip codes everywhere, and it took days, <laughs> and then it changed the next year. Um, but and- and I, the way I see it is like, that's also growing pains, you guys. Yeah. Like really when it comes down to it, if you want to ship your art, um, you know, you're going to go through those periods of time where you do something and you're going to be like, this sucks, this sucks, I don't want to do it anymore. And then at that point you decide, how can I make this process, this part of the process easier? And really that's, that's the reason that we've gotten to where we are when it comes to shipping the art. We're very comfortable with shipping art. And even still, like, I get an order and sometimes I'm like, ugh, now I have to go downstairs and get a box. And, like, (laughs) you know, it's hilarious because we made it extremely easy. I don't have to, like, go and, like, find a box and cut the box and, like, create a box for it and all that stuff. And yet, you know, you're still going to have your stuff pop up and you're going to want to you're going to want to push through that. So that you can get really good at shipping art. And let's say in the future, you know, you build up your empire and you have employees shipping your art because you're just balling out of control. Then you know exactly how to lead them into the right way to ship your art. Yeah. But it yet- is true. As you level up, you face new and different challenges um, that you overcome as you go. Yep. And then... I, I would say that this is... this. This quite possibly is one of the most boring conversations that I've ever had in my life, but I know that it's necessary to talk about this stuff because that it is 
nerve wracking mm-hmm. when you decide that you're going to go. It's easy. Well, when you first do a show, it's nerve wracking. And you're, you know, a lot of the questions like, how do I package my art for the customer and all that stuff? And it's funny because a lot of that stuff I didn't really think about in the beginning. It was just as I was doing the show where somebody would be like, do you have a bag or anything for this? I was like, oh, shit, I should get bags, you know, and stuff like that. And I feel like it's the same way with shipping where you try it out and you're doing it and then you just kind of figure out a better way and keep figuring out a better way and a better way. Also, as an aside, a thank you card in the package with your art goes a long way. Yeah. And like you can design a thank you card and have a printing service print you a thousand of them and it doesn't matter each one doesn't have to be hand drawn right um but as someone who orders a lot of supplies and materials from places um and a lot of like little small mom and pop and artisan places i i don't like it's not like i'm angry when there's no thank you card but there is a part of me when i open a package and there's just nothing but the thing uh, a little part of me is like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's just something so it's nice just, it's about that, getting a little postcard. In it's there. that personal. It's that personal touch. And the thing is, like, you order something from Amazon, you're not expecting. You know, you're not getting a you're postcard. Not, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> but when you go out of your way to go to someone's website, right, that you had to like type in. Because you're like, I don't know, or click a link and be like, all right, now I'm going to this person's website. I, I've i never dealt with them. I've never ordered something, but I met them at this place or I saw something that they were in and I really like them and I want to order a thing. And then you go through and you order a thing and you feel really good about yourself because you are, you know, basically helping this artist by giving them money because you really want to support them in what they do. It's all very happy. And it's all very happy. And then you get a box and it's just the thing. There's nothing in there that says thank you or anything like that. And you're like, okay. So yeah, Clee and I, we, I, I sketched out our little faces. I love it. And you know, all cute and stuff. And it says, thank you. And we're able to write the person's name on there and give it to them and sometimes girlfriend got one she oh, said yeah. i use your postcard in my package as a bookmark Aww. that's awesome i love it kelly said the size and weight of a painting is not size and weight of box painting what do you charge yeah so you have to pop it in a box and get that the 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 box dimensions and the box weight so kelly what i usually add uh and this is talking about woocommerce but it'll probably apply to other stuff Mm -hmm. when i do the size and dimensions of the artwork i actually do the size and dimensions of the box right on the listing that's that's what i do and even if it lists it as size and dimensions on my listing I don't care because I, I have it written down size. I have my dimensions and stuff written down in the, in the thing. Yeah. Yes. What, so what he means to clarify is in the item description for the customer that they're going to read, it has the painting dimensions in our back end where WooCommerce is asking us the dimensions so that the shipping calculator can do its thing. It's the box dimensions. Yeah. If the customer happens to click on that part of the listing, uh, then they'll see box dimensions, but the description has painting dimensions. Yeah. So um, what you're putting on the back end of the site, to answer your question, Kelly, is the box 
the box dimensions. Yeah, just put the box and dimensions, and that way you're not dealing. Because you could put the dimensions of the item, and then it'll kind of calculate a box size based on that. But we all know that the paintings need to be, you know, the boxes need to be thicker yeah, or like wider than the paintings. Your minimum depth on a box for a painting is going to be four inches, right? Yeah. The painting might be one inch, but you're going to need four inches of clearance. So it's going to be four by something, 18 by 24 by four yeah. is a standard one. And that's why it's great to get standardized boxes because, you know, all this different size paintings is going in this size box, right? Some are going to fit a little snugger. Some are going to give a little wiggle room. So have three, four, three, four standard box sizes and then maybe a handful of specialty ones. Yep. Right. And try to fit most of your work into those. Um, that's what Ra- that's how Rafi does. What I would if, say you have like you have like four main boxes. I have sizes. four. I have I have four, and then I have envelopes and and you know rigid rigid mailers and stuff like that. Um, I also have the big giant huge ones because I had to order four of them when I shipped the paintings to Qatar. Enormous. Yeah. We so enormous that we used them as barricades inside the U-Haul to keep things from sliding around yep. with ratchet straps. Jay Windsor wants to know, what if someone orders more than one painting? Do you ship them in one box or separately? We ship, we usually, uh, so the way that I have the site set up right now, it calculates shipping. And if they order more than one thing, it calculates what the size of the box would be. Um, it goes with the biggest box. And because my boxes. You know, quite literally, in one of my boxes, um, because they're usually five inches wide, um, I can fit several paintings butt up against each other. As so, long as there's something between them, like yeah, plastic wrap. Yeah, or or cardboard. I mm-hmm. actually buy I buy the sheets, just the sheets of cardboard, so that I could use them as separators. And whenever I need extra cardboard, I could just cut it from there. Um, but you could you could mail quite a bit. So a lot of times if we get an order for like artwork and jewelry and stuff like that, it'll all go in whatever the biggest box is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, we pretty much ship everything in, in one box. I don't know that we there's... try to. If, yeah. If by any chance something doesn't, you know, line up or whatever, then we'll we'll mail it in more than one box. I would say the only case where, like, really Rafi's had to split things up is really more to do with weight. Like, so for his larger tree series that he does on wood, he would do two of them in one box and two of them in another box because they get too heavy yeah. if you put all four of them. They just get awkwardly heavy yeah um so weight's a huge factor there but for paintings on canvas yeah you have put quite a few paintings like I have, three I have, four paintings together in fact the the one were with the biggest box uh in Qatar I ended up selling another painting another or doing another commission because I was like listen shipping is going to cost this much you might as well <laughs> if you're going to collect my works collect it now <laughs> you might as well buy another painting to put in this box because the shipping is going to be the same yeah um, I just saw Squarespace charges $29 more per month for the shipping calculator. It's already 36 per month for the commerce site without it. That's actually pretty... That's oh, that's pretty high. That's a month? Per month. Yeah, Valerie, I don't know. That's kind of a lot. That's a lot. Because cause annually, like I said, annually it's like 80 or 89 
Um, they got to be offering more for that $29 than just a shipping calculator. Mm-hmm. Like, because... I would hope that you could just bypass that and just get, like I said, just directly get the USPS calculator plug-in for your site. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Valerie. I think I think it's one of one of the reasons that I ended up going with WordPress just because I have more control over the stuff like that. I would I would contact there are a few more website perks with that cost, but, but still, still yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty high. I would contact them and be like, listen, I get it. This is $29, but is there any way where I could just get the shipping calculator and how much would that be? Um, yeah. Because if not, it's $65 a month. Mm-hmm. That equals what? 65 times 650, 650, yeah, for that. 700. Uh, it's going to be about $800, which is... The burly... Like it's right up there with the burly package that we have. Uh, no, because we pay eight hundred dollars every two every years. Every two years, we pay four hundred dollars a year for ours, and all of our shipping calculators are included. Yeah. So there again, I know a lot of these website builder platforms are like really enticing because they're like drag and drop, and they claim that everything's easy peasy and so much is done for you. But honestly, a lot of times that's bullcrap anyway, and like it's just as like challenging yeah. and involved as any other site and you can really get a, a solid secure badass e-commerce store through wordpress uh with all the bells and whistles but either way she already has her site through squarespace so figuring out mm-hmm. what to do with squarespace um yeah i would contact them and see see what you could do they do my square. I just do a flat rate since I only have one size and it's easy and you get more storage member section, a few other things. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you are able to just kind of like keep it to one size. Then, then it's easy. Then I would say at that point, like, you know what, especially as you're building up the presence of your website, like don't overcomplicate it, you know, um, do a flat rate thing where like you're going to do one size, maybe in the beginning you're just shipping to the U S and it's easier for you to calculate things. To be honest with you, we got the shipping calculators a couple of years ago, but before that we broke down the, the U S into sections, regions, re- regions, and figured out what pricing would be for each thing to go to that section. Average pricing. Average pricing, and then added that in for every single um, size box that we had. And that was the other reason that our boxes stayed very standardized because it was just easier to know which box was going to be what. Um, That's a little bit more work on the front end, but you could kind of figure out an average there to do that pirate ship will help you do that yes pirate ship has a a, like you're not trying to purchase a label you're just trying to get a quote um you can enter where you are and you can um just type in any address in any region just you know find an address and put it in like what's it gonna cost me to ship to seattle right yeah um and get uh an an average cost that way. So pirate ships real, real useful for how, guessing. That's how I figured it out. Like how much is it going to cost me to ship to Hawaii? 
this size? How much is it going to be for this size, this weight on average? How much is it going to cost me to ship to California? California is really far. How much is it going to cost me to ship to, um, I want to call it Arkansas, not Arkansas, Alaska. How much is it going to cost me to ship to Alaska? Not the same as Arkansas. Not the same as Arkansas. And then I'd break the regions down. So California was basically the price for the entire West Coast. And then I did, uh, I'd split the middle states in half. And then how much to ship to uh, a third of the country over there, you know, this part of the country, and then the East Coast, and then the South, you know, and then the North, depending on where you're at, where you're located. And it just... When I when we did that average, that average came out pretty close. Sometimes it was a little lower, sometimes it was a little higher, but it worked out that way. It did work Valerie out. Valerie said, I only want USPS. I agree, WordPress is much better, but a lot of work, yeah. Don't go yes, with Valerie. the first shipping plugin that your site host is trying to sell you either, though, because there's a pretty solid chance that, that the same calculator that we're using is probably available for your site, too. It just not might not be the one that they're advertising to you right, as option number one, if that makes sense. So look for that plug-in. And, you know, for anybody that's watching this on YouTube, if you have any, if you use Squarespace or Wix or anything like that, and you have any suggestions for plugins. Those go, shipping calculator plugins. Yeah, just leave it in the comment section below. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I would say that we are at an end here. Uh, good idea to average it out. I'll have to continue flat rate, but averaging will help. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the, the way that, like I said, just take a look at a map, print out a map of the U.S., a nice blank map, see where you're at, and then do a circle. These states are going to be my uh, section one, then do another circle. These states are going to be my section two. Another circle, section three, section four would be the most expensive or the most expensive within the continental U.S. And then do separate pricing for Hawaii and Alaska. Mm -hmm. And then do, if you want to ship overseas or Canada, then do Canada. You know, that's, Canada's pretty easy. Canada's pretty easy to figure out shipping. And then, um, then I did everything else. Everything else was just kind of like international shipping. Uh, you may not want to deal with that. Like International shipping comes with its own set of challenges. Yeah, I, yeah. And international shipping and tax laws and packaging laws have changed drastically in the yeah. last three years. So that's, there's, that's beyond the scope of this podcast. That's my current, at our level, that's what I'm beating my head against right now, is VAT and packaging laws and being registered with different places and paying money for things and yeah. signing up for things. So if you're just getting started, just <laughs> ship to Canada, ship here in the U.S. Um, and, and or wherever you're at so that you're not dealing with all the different... Yeah, keep it domestic for a while. Keep it domestic for a while. When you're comfortable. And then, then yeah, once you, once you get that reined in, then you could um, tackle that like Klee. Oh, I'm gonna. I will or tackle international. that. It's it would be VAT already for somebody that was, you know, in the UK. So or if you're the in the EU. UK or the EU, like, then you already know all about that. You already that. know all about that. So you you just shipping to the US and tackle whatever it is that we do. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah. So I feel like I feel like we covered all the fundamentals and then some. I feel all the like. fundamentals. This I feel like also this podcast is a total snooze fest, but it's I think it's something that needed to happen. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope that it was informative. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> informative. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry to me. Like, usually these podcasts are like, yeah, we're leaving it. I feel like we've left. The thing is that shipping is always changing. And really, at the end of the day, um, if you're going to if you're going to tackle shipping, you got to tackle it the way that you tackle anything else in your art career, which is which means like get ready to fall on your face and get it wrong and it to be somewhat of a headache as you figure out easier ways to do it. So that I would say that that's the best way to really go into it. We, there's a lot of information here that we're giving you, but until you actually apply that information or try it yourself, it's not really going to stick. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or necessarily makes sense. Sometimes I can see people glaze over when I say front end versus back end shipping. Like, they're like, I don't know what you just said to me, little kid. <laughs> um, Tyler said, not boring at all. Uh, Thanks, thank Tyler. You, Tyler. Susan said, this is great. Not a snooze fest for me. Very informative. Very helpful. Valerie said, thank you. Super informative. Tish said, you're talking about saving time and money. That's an exciting idea <laughs> for me. I make that said, loving this. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And I want to thank the rogues for being here. You guys are amazing. You are the reason that this does not become a snooze fest, even when we're talking about shipping art. And for everybody that's listening to this, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. And if you like this and you'd like to subscribe, go ahead and click wherever it is, whatever platform you're on and whatever it is that you need to click on to follow or subscribe to us. And other than that, I would say let's let's go get other ship done. Indeed. Good day. (laughs) Adios. 